Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. The mini episode. Mini episode. So this is the episode where we just kind of spitball, talk about news headlines, and uh, chat about life for half an hour. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Just give a little taste, because we know that you miss us. A little We know that you miss us during the week. You know what I mean? A nibble. Um, So we kind of wanted to open up up by saying that I am going out of town next week. Yep. So we it are recording currently, this. Oh my gosh, you got <laughs> We All just right. recorded a full length episode for like two hours. So we we're we're doing this one back to back. All good guys. We are the best when we are marathoning. <laughs> I actually it feel is, like it is better. I, I like it. We're warmed up. Yeah, we are. And it's just you get you get a little bit of the loosey goosey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, a little. We've had a little bit of wine. Probably half a bottle of wine. Your angry neighborhood loosey goosey feminist. So uh, it is Thursday. February. It was Thursday, February twenty second. Twenty second. Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. This episode will not come out until the 1st of March. Yep. So, so there's going to be a bit of a gap. Um, Keegan's going to be out of town. If I feel like there's something that needs to be added or corrected or anything, I'll slide something at the end of the episode. So if you're hearing something right now where you're like, that's not right, you might hear me at the end of at, at the end of this saying uh, a correction or adding something to it. Right. Like, kind of like the episode that we put out last Thursday, I, um, some things had changed after we'd recorded, and so I interjected kind of future me piped in and said, hey, stuff changed after we originally recorded. So that may happen this time because the news is ever-changing, ever-evolving. But it's still important to talk about what's happening now. And it's probably, you know, in some ways still going to be important in a week. So So just to um, kind of piggyback on last week's episode and get this kind of in and out of the way so we can move on to other things, there will be sister marches for the um, March for Our Lives march in solidarity with the students of the Parkland High School shooting. And so, I'm actually going to go to this one, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, Madigan and I plan on going to the L.A. March. Yep. So if you can't make it to Washington, I mean, of course, anybody who can make it to Washington, go Do to it. Washington. I wish we could go to Washington, um, but time does not allow that. Time yep. and money does not allow that for us. I was going to say, girl, time is one thing. Money is another factor. Yeah, so time and money does not allow us to travel to D.C. for that march, but we one will be going. One day we'll do some badass marches in D.C. See. Yeah. I feel it. So if any LA Ragers want to join us, we'll definitely be putting it up on our social media, but please do. It's at Pershing Square on March 24th. Please join us. And for everyone else in all the other cities, please, if you're interested in, in going, which I, I hope it's something that you're riled I'm up sure about and excited that about. Are going in all different there cities. There absolutely are. I yeah. know for a fact that there are. So, you know, Google your nearby big cities and see what's going on near you. And yeah. I hope you can make it out. Yeah. Okay. Samesies. <laughs> okay. So let's start with 
some more serious topics, and we are gonna slowly get into positive toward the end. It's okay, just a sounds good. Bummer to end with like depressing no, stuff. No, I understand, and I know it's the news, and it's we have to cover the stuff that's that's sad or, or difficult. But yeah, let's do it in the beginning, and then yeah. do the fun stuff at the end. Yeah. Well, this is both sad and encouraging to me. On Jezebel, they took me to splinternews.com, and the headline says, We're here. Are you listening? Inside the hashtag never again student protest in Tallahassee. The photos from this article are amazing. The fact that these young adults, I can't even call them children. They're children, but my God, are they amazing, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, they are holding their own and they're so I mean just I love looking at like what they're wearing and their hair even like as as superficial (laughs) as it probably sounds they're so expressive like there's a girl that's got like a pixie cut and a dress and I don't know when I was younger those are things that I would have been too scared to try and um I feel like even though you and I are young people and mm -hmm. we're millennials I do feel like Generation Z, it's like a completely different animal, right? It is. So the people who are in high school now are, we're millennials. The people yes. who are in high school now are in are, are Generation Z. They're, mm-hmm. They've been fully kind of cognizant and aware and conscious of, of social media basically their entire lives. Yes. Which so is something that, different. that we didn't really, ha- like yes. ours didn't come until we were already in middle school, high school. MySpace. Yeah. So, we were MySpace kids. Yeah. Yes. So, for me, just even seeing that side of it is amazing. And seeing how freaking smart they are and their knowledge of our gun rights and the way that they want to make change. I mean, the fact that Emma Gonzalez and the group of kids from from the Parkland School are getting together and organizing all of these things, to me, they're my heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am amazed. I'm well, completely amazed. I think this generation is... Um, okay, so... I guess we can kind of talk about this a little bit, since whenever we recorded our last episode, I hadn't yet gone to the People Against Gun Violence rally here in Los Angeles, so I can kind of talk a little bit about my experience there. So we recorded our last two episodes on Sunday, a Sunday, and then that Monday, President's Day, I went to Pershing Square here in Los Angeles and went to the People Against Gun Violence rally. And there were about 500 people who showed up to that rally uh, in Pershing Square, which is not big. And so it was completely jam-packed full of people. And something that I found really incredible was in the beginning of the rally, they had a bunch of speakers. They had some Congress people come and talk. And I was able to... I got there early, so um, Anthony and I were standing on the steps, kind of like high up with our signs Awesome. And it was really cool. And her sign made it on the news, guys! It It made it on Good Morning America. That's so dope! And um, during the NRA, who funded the rally, actually asked to use our Angry Neighborhood Feminist one that I posted on Instagram, and they put it on their page, so... What? Why did I know that? It's in our messages on Instagram. I responded, but it is in our direct messages. Oh, man. Um, but what was really cool about that rally was they asked all of the... In the beginning, before anything got started, they said, raise your hand if you're a student. And all these kids raised their hand. And then they said, all of you come to the front. So all of the kids got to come to the front with their signs. Yeah. And something that I felt... I was looking around from the top of the steps, looking at everybody, and I looked over at the children, and something that really tugged on my heartstrings was, gosh, I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, no, I'm feeling the same way right now. 
There was a kid there who was an elementary school kid, probably. Maybe, maybe early middle middle school, like young boy. Mm-hmm. And he had a sign. And because I was kind of positioned behind him, I couldn't even really see what his sign said. But the back of his sign was he had taken his science fair project. You know how you would put them on those like form yeah. those foam things? Yeah. He he had taken that and it still he still had his science fair project on the back of it yeah. and he'd written his protest sign on the front of it. Like and if that doesn't drive home to you that these are just kids, kids. trying to go to school, you know, yeah. and they're having to come out and say we don't want to die. Yeah. You know, it's it Isn't was it was incredibly the powerful. Question though. Isn't that just when you bring it down that is the simplest question. Can I go to school and get an education and not die today, please? And not be scared that I might. And they had kids They had kids speak, like, um, you know, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds who either lived in neighborhoods of high gun violence mm-hmm. or one girl who, who said, you know, yesterday someone came up to me while I was at school and said, hey, there's someone suspicious outside. You need to go find an adult right now. And how much panic that, that fills I you mean, with. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility for anybody. If someone were to come up to me right now as a 25-year-old woman and say that to me, I would panic. To be a mm-hmm. child at school where you have a certain You're supposed to idea safe. in your head of safety, you know, mm-hmm. at school, at home, this is where I'm safe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to respond at the moment. I would probably panic. Yeah, and I mean, so the fact that, and this is something that I also really want to touch on, is that the fact that there's even a conversation about possibly arming teachers it's ridiculous. is upsetting to me. And this it's is ludicrous. It doesn't make any Okay, why are we bringing guns even closer to the classroom? Well, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Why are we putting the responsibility on the teacher? Yeah. They're there to teach, first yeah. of all. They're, they're not there to policemen. Teach. They're not trained. And that's the thing. And is that even if that they were. That would be were. a lot of money if they, because there's no way they would be like, here's a gun, have fun. Like, I mean, I feel like they would have to train. Even if they were policemen, policemen get panicked and shoot people on accident all the time. Yeah. And that's the thing. What do they expect to happen if there's, if there's a student shooting up the school? It, then what are the 50 teachers in that school supposed to come out with their guns and shoot the student immediately? Like, what is their, what's their right. end game So you're, you're expecting teachers who are nurturers by nature, typically, yes. to be able to be emotionally prepared and ready to possibly shoot a student that they may or may not have emotional attachments to? It's bullshit. I like, don't understand it. Well, and the other thing that I don't understand, too, and something that Chris said that I didn't even think about was, like, teachers have bad days, too. Absolutely. They could snap. They could snap. And the other thing, too, is that it's naive of us to think that a student wouldn't have even more access to a gun. Absolutely. Because even if it's in a safe or something, if it's in a classroom, there are people that are able to kind of, they can figure it out. They can hack it. They Mm -hmm. can figure it kids are fucking smart. You know what I mean? There are ways that they can get their hands on that gun. Bringing more guns into the equation is not smart. It's the opposite of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But you know what people are really worried about, Keegan? Hmm. Porn. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I'm laughing. That's the real problem, Keegan. Oh, girl. Girl. Porn. Okay, guys. If you don't know what we're talking about, (laughs) in Florida... Okay, they did a couple of things in Florida that are making me make me crazy because mm-hmm. they they did not vote to do anything about assault rifles mm-hmm. or about military grade rep weapons and mm-hmm. people being able to access military grade weapons but what they did do was decide that porn was a public safety a public health what did they say 
they said it was like a public health hazard, basically. Um, which, while I'm not going to say that like prob is a prob, prom, that porn, god damn, that porn isn't at times problematic. Because there's definitely some sexist shit going on in a lot of porn. Well, and, uh, yeah, if we want to get into, like, deeper issues about porn, there's, you know, there's a lot, there are issues. But there's positives and negatives to it. There are positives. You know what I mean? And so, but to me, honestly, I feel like that's, uh, that's their way of deflecting people who, like, I feel like that's a trigger topic for a lot of people, so I feel like that's their way of trying to kind of, like, deflect the situation. Uh, it ab- Well, okay, they did that, and then they also decided to put In God We Trust back on school buildings, because that's the real problem, is yep. that we don't have God's God schools anymore, and well, that's I mean, why yeah. people are getting shut up. This it's- is a sin problem, guys. It's a problem. We need Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. This whole thing has made me just... On the one side, I'm so heartened by the fact that these kids are going to be turning 18 soon, uh-huh. and they're going to be doing some Isn't shit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because it, I know that they have, for the first time in a long time, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of hope for the future, yes, and even and which is incredible. Is, but at the same time, they're just starting to pave the way. <laughs> we have a long ways to go, but yeah. they're you know they're going to take. They're going to start digging that teeny tiny hole that eventually is going to turn into the fucking Grand Canyon. You know what I mean? We're please, pro- we may not be alive for that moment. Please, but oh, we will. We're not that old. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Calm down. I don't know. We're my in mom, our 20s. We're dude, fine. Dude, okay. So, God, I mentioned my mom too much. But we were in the car driving from where she lives in Sun Valley to Boise. And we were listening to Judy Garland because that's our fucking girl, if you don't know that already about me. And I said something about how, like, oh, man, if there's a heaven, the first thing that I'm going to do is go to a Judy Garland concert. <laughs> and she goes, will you wait for me? Aww. I'm like, fuck you, Mom. I hope I don't die before you. Damn. Like, you know, and so does she. She's almost 67. No, but she caught herself immediately. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But I was like, you bitch. <laughs> what did I you I see where your say? head is at. Yeah. Will you wait well, for me? Well, maybe she meant, like, Will you wait for me because, like, I'll be taking a nap somewhere and I'll catch up. You know what I mean? Naps in heaven? Awesome. Um, Hopefully my heaven is, like, 90% naps. I hope I just sleep. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, but no nightmares. Okay, <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Um. Okay, so I want to talk about, because she is my my precious, precious angel. Precious and angel. I, I have to say, like, when I... I consider myself to be a very, um, well, not very, because sexuality is a spectrum, but I consider myself to be solidly heterosexual, right. um, straight female. I leave, I leave a window open, but I don't think there's ever going to be an opportunity for me to be anything No but wide doors, but, but, I mean, generally, I'm very heterosexual, but... I have to say, Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae, Makes like you feel things. When, yeah, like when yeah. I, I'm just like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like I get like, Stop. I get like butterflies in my heart, like yes. you know, like right in the middle of my chest. Yes. Whenever I see Janelle, your Monae. heart is in the middle of your chest. That's a problem. You should go to the doctor. Well, it radiates from so I'm my kidding, heart I'm and, kidding. and throughout my chest. I feel you know you. what I'm saying. And then you get tingles downstairs. Well, actually, no. not so much. So maybe, see, I'm so straight. It's all good. I think it's, it's more just like a, 
like um an innocent crush like the kind of crush that you had like the kind of crush that you had in like elementary school where it was just all like blushing and like yeah and like Cutesy, you know, and that's kind of how I feel with Janelle Monae. And um, so she has uh, announced her new album, love it, called Dirty Computer. And I saw her video for Make Me Feel, and you guys, I was watching it while it was she was listening, (gasps) and I was just watching, and it was Lord, it was pretty hot. If this this woman is not like just the best, and I love it because so she has a song on her last album called Yoga, and it's so good, and she has a line in it that I fucking love. I was listening to it for the first time, and then I, I actually like paused it when she said this line and had to like go back and listen again, because I was like, did she just say what I think she said? And in the song Yoga, she says, um, you cannot police me, so get off my areola. <laughs> and I was like, did she just say, did she just say get off my areola? And I fucking loved it so much. And in this in this article I was reading, I've never wait wait I'm crying. No, it's so good. I'm crying. Because it's such a woman thing to say. It's like get <laughs> off. Because you know men are all the time. They're like get off my dick. You know what I mean? Get off my fucking areola. I love it. Oh, and Jesus. in this in this new album, she has another song in which she. It's all about how, like, people need to start respecting the vagina. Love it. Which I, I love. She deserves respect. And, and she says, let your vagina have a monologue, which I love so much. And I, I also understand, look, we're a feminist podcast. I have to address that not every woman has a vagina and that kind of, like, very um, vagina-centric imagery yes. is problematic in its own way. But I also just, I also just love it. I, lo- I love yeah. that. She says but things I think like it's that in also what it stands for, not so much necessarily exactly, exactly what, what it your is. vagina is. Yeah. Um, and I, think I mean, it, that's I just how think I'm it's hilarious. It. Yeah. I, and I just think it's so bold. And she's still, so, she's a freaking spokesperson for the gap. And she says these things, and I, I love, love it. it. I love it. I'm, my vagina is going to do so many fucking monologues. My friend is in a, she just texted me today. She's in some, she's in a production of the vagina monologues. Oh my God. <laughs> I would love to be in a production of the vagina monologues. My friend monologues. gave me that book for my birthday, the play. Vagina Monologues. Mm-hmm. That was great. It's so good. I was like, you get me. Um, oh, yeah, just well, Janelle Monet, man, just promoting she's like great. and and just promoting Black Girl Magic like all day long. Like she's so she's so incredible. She and, um, really is. Um, I'm gonna bring it back a little bit to some of our first episodes that we were recording, where we talked a lot about sexual harassment, especially in the entertainment industry. Um, with everything else that's going on, I want to make sure that that as well is still. Uh, really in the forefront of our minds and uh, something that's really cool uh, for the more of like the crew members, not so the high paid actresses are, are coming forward. Uh, it says women drivers on movie sets detail harassment, discrimination, and gender pay gap. And I just thought that was really wonderful because there is so much sexism, especially in crew, oh, which yeah. is generally a male centric dominated job. space. Yeah. So, it even says, it's boys club. The men look after one another, and the women are an afterthought, second-class citizen. Uh, we'll get ba- blacklisted if we complain to our union. The studios are bosses. No one will listen. And that was done. It's just saying Ryan, so that must be a last name. Where is the first name? Because that literally, I was just looking at it, and that just kind of popped up. Um, but these are people that take their jobs very seriously and love their jobs, and the fact that they're not taken seriously as their male counterparts is sad and that they're discriminated against and harassed and meant to feel um, 
less than less than the rest is is sad to me and i think that it's important to look at the actresses and the directors and the people who have been taken advantage of, but also to remember um, that there are people lower on the totem pole who are being affected as well, and not just in well, the entertainment industry, but in, in, in every, industry. every industry. And I think that that's kind of like the reoccurring thing that we need to reinforce time and time again, is that, yes, you have these big names. What, what that should illustrate to you is that if people at the very, very top are being harassed and discriminated against imagine and, the people yeah, at the bottom. And, and experiencing these pay gaps that not only imagine at the people the people at the bottom in that particular industry, but also just completely recognize that this is a societal epidemic yep. that happens in literally every single yep. Industry. Go back and listen to our what was it? Our first episode. Our very first episode. Our very first episode that yeah. we posted and yeah. Um, read it, that Time article where it talks about the the oh my god the hotel worker one. Just yeah, me. I mean me so much. and and honestly, what it really what it really is is the less recognizable the profession or the less respected quote unquote the profession probably the more this happens. Yeah. And and then if you also take into account um, the more that these professions are dominated by men, yeah. the more that this is going to happen. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think even in professions where we think of it as being mostly female, there's usually a lot of men behind it that are not always great. And mm-hmm. we have to... We really have to be able to recognize... Um, the spectrum of, uh, I guess, incomes and class and status yeah. when it comes to yeah. these jobs. Yeah, class, race, any kind of inequality that could put somebody at a, at a greater disadvantage. Yep. Um, and to go along with that, when we were talking about a lot of people who work in the hospitality industry, a lot of people who work in the, the food industry, we're also then having to incorporate also citizenship. Yes. In addition to that. So you've got you've got class, you've got race, and then you also have citizenship. So you have a lot of people who are undocumented got it. perhaps who may be working these jobs. Yes. And so they're they're at an even greater disadvantage in that oh, yeah, they, they might be not be able to come forward. Yeah, they can't which is why yeah. it's important for those of us who can't come forward to be able to speak up for those people. Mm-hmm. And also, did you know that Ted Cruz compares Democrats to Lisa Simpson? Which is such a compliment, honestly. And that's what... Did you know that the article on the slot, Jezebel.com, says Ted Cruz compares Democrats to Lisa Simpson, doesn't realize it's a compliment? It's a huge compliment. Does he not understand? Lisa Simpson is a feminist icon. My name is Marge Simpson. (laughs) And I'm going to read the rest of this article like this. Please, please, please don't. (laughs) I'm begging you, please don't. Um, So, I'm not going to read this whole fucking article, but this dude named Dom Dominic, Dominic says, Homer and Lisa were having a conversation about gun rights in America. Look it up. It's the Cartridge Family episode. Homer points out that guns are for things like protecting your family, hunting, delicious animals, and making sure that the King of England never shows up to push you around. Cruz says, all good things. Dominic says, Lisa's response to this is to say that, well, Dad, it's actually a relic, a remnant of Revolutionary War era. It doesn't really mean anything anymore. What do you say to that? And Cruz says, I think the Democrats are the party of Lisa Simpson, and the Republicans are happily, said in italics, no. the party of Homer, no. Bart, Maggie, and Marge. Marge Simpson does not agree I mean, with the things that you say about this. They do realize. I'm a feminist bitch. 
they do realize that one Homer Simpson is a idiot mm-hmm. who gets made fun of constantly on that show for being that's, an idiot. That's the point. He's yeah. stupid. And then they do realize that on the other side of that spectrum, Lisa is by far the smartest person on yeah. that show. Yeah. By far. Yeah. So, w- but do you really think that they're smart enough to be able to recognize that or to be able to like? But put I feel those like together? that's not in an. I, I mean, I guess apparently not. It doesn't seem like it should be that difficult to. But he's the interpret. Zodiac killer, so what do we? Yeah. <laughs> <Any> zoos. <laughs> God, we're loopy. I like it. That's why I love these mini episodes. I love being loopy. Also, Rosie O'Donnell has a new side job. She's making anti-Trump cell phone cases. I like it. On SC. Where can I get one? Uh, it says... Okay. Where is it? Uh, oh, and all money collected will be matched by Rosie O'Donnell and donated to the anti-Trump candidates and causes. So that's I think is really cool. I need a specific list from Rosie. I'm looking. I need her to give me, like, a list. A list of what? Of anti-Trump campaigns and causes. Because that's very broad. That's you know true. That's true. Let's look into that one more. So it's good to know. Let's look into it. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. Um, do you have anything else that you want to touch on as far as what's in the news? I... Because I'm ready for a palate cleanser. I don't think so. Okay. I know we've already had a few palate cleansers, but here... It's been a pretty light episode, I But feel. here on Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, there's one thing that we really need in all of our episodes. At least... From now until the end of the Olympic season. Which is almost done. Yeah. But I think I might keep trying to bring it back as much as I can. And that palate cleanser is my queen, Adam Rippon. <laughs> and before I go any further, so on the episode that was actually released today, I talk about Johnny Weir and how he was like a big kind of... He he was the reason that um, Adam Rippon is kind had of Had a able, platform to stand on. Had a on. platform he apparently is not all that happy about the way that Adam Rippon is being received because he was not received in the same way, which I understand. But I, it seems like there might be a little bit of competition between the men here's, here. Here's the thing. I understand that. I do understand that yes. because it's, it's hard to feel like you went through something and you know, a couple of years later someone else is not having to go through that. That's yeah. Thing. But on the other hand... Shouldn't that be something that you pat your back? It should be on the back. It should side? be brother solidarity. Like yeah. you should be happy that you felt like you, in some small way, were able to open the door, in whatever way you did. Yeah. For, for the, next the next person, person. to not have. You don't want yeah, other because but, if you really looked at it like that. Yeah. If you really looked at it like that, if you asked him in those terms, do you think he, that he would actually say, "I want someone else to have to go through the emotional no, trauma that no, I went through"? No, but I think you know, and that's the thing is that you know. People are flawed. People are gonna sometimes well, be. I think it's a knee jerk. I think it's well, a knee jerk reaction. and I think it's because, but I think it's also because he's he's still kind of made fun of. Like there's those memes about Tara and Johnny being like the Hunger Games and yada yada yada, and Adam is the Prince of the Olympics and all this. Stuff. So I think he still is kind of like. But they're also different. They're that. also different people, and I have to say. Just because they're both gay men does not does mean not that they mean... need to be received the same way. No, Adam Rippon's more likable. And even because they're just flamboyant, yeah, Adam has definitely he's definitely more approachable. Where Johnny was always a little bit more um, on a pedestal. But because we're talking Adam Rippon here, and we are huge Adam fans, we are indeed. Um, God, Call us, Adam. We're waiting. Adam, my boy, we're definitely gonna post this 
on Instagram or wherever we can when we release this episode. But Leslie Jones, the queen of the Olympics, if Adam is the prince of the Olympics, has been paid by NBC to commentate on all of the sports and loves to commentate on the uh, outfits of the figure skaters, of course. And she sits with Scott Hamilton and Adam Rippon and they watch the amazing and sexy Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. I put I put out there Scott, Leslie, and Adam. Is there a better trio? There is no better trio. I mean, he Scott Hamilton is freaking adorable. I love him. I love him. I want him to be like my uncle. Uncle Scott. I want Adam Rippon to be like my really fun cousin that I see a couple times a year and like makes my holiday season. Exactly. And I want Leslie to be my auntie. Like, what's up? Uh, I like that we make all of our favorite people our family members. They should be. They are. Um, and so watch this video. They watch this. They watch Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer do their who short are the, dance who together. Who are the pair from Canada? Who are the the pair for ice dancing for Canada? And they are sex on ice. Mm, watch they are. it. You will get turned on. Can't believe that that ice isn't melting. They're Ugh, so hot, so love spicy, it. so sexy. And they they just kind of commentate on the whole thing, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And watch the video. It's just great. I love the reception that Adam has gotten. He almost didn't make it to the Olympics, and that's what's so sad. He didn't even place it to get there. They, The Olympics committee chose to have him go. So the fact that he's here and he's made such an amazing impact on the sport and the Olympics and for the gay community and just for everybody in general, I just love him. I, 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 honest, I honestly love him so much, I feel like I'm being like moved to... like. I oh feel, yeah, I feel it in my throat how much I love. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I mean, it's it's not, and it's you know, it's about him, and it's about everything that he represents, and I think he's just so freaking likable. He's like, so likable. you know, it's a gem. And then the fact that like Leslie Jones is obviously freaking hilarious. Scott Hamilton. T- it's a precious. Has a joke in there that I'm like, I didn't know that you have that in you. He's and, so precious. Oh, it's just, it's great. So we're going to post it, watch it, love it, enjoy it. If you're ever having a bad day, just go on YouTube and look up Adam Rippon interviews. And it'll Truly. make you feel better. Or watch some Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer ice dancing videos because that'll just make you feel things. Or, and I know I said I didn't have anything else to talk about, but... We talked about this in our episode, our last What's in the News segment, that I was going to go see Black Panther. Uh-huh. Listen to the soundtrack. Or just go go see it. Because yeah. I I miss it already. Like I it, it was Do you wanna of, come with me? I think I, we're gonna go tomorrow. If I can't. Oh no, I can't. Anthony wants to karaoke. Anthony, <laughs> your fault. It was one of those movies like I missed it as soon as I walked out of the theater. Oh, it babe. is it is that good. It moved me, it moved me so, it's a superhero movie, but it truly did, like, move me so deeply because, and this is the way that I put it to um, Anthony, because I don't think people understand what it's like to not have this kind of representation, and the way that I thought of it when I, literally when I was watching the movie and the way that I put it to Anthony after the movie was over was, I spent so much of my life wanting to be whiter. Yep. And watching this movie actually made me want to be blacker. That's so you dumb. know? And like that that is truly how I felt and and that's such a special and important feeling it is. like to feel like I'm to like, feel a sense of community and to feel that you want to be even more super, of a sense of that part of community. proud over something that I feel like for so long has just kind of been like 
okay, what can I do to yeah. to play down my blackness? Like, what well, can I do to make it less and of a to thing? play a Black History Month? I mean, Black Panther. What a great what a great group of people back in the civil rights movement. You know what I mean? It's yeah, about, I mean, and they are completely separate. They're issues. completely separate, but it's the same um, thing. But we, well, I mean, they're they're they're. They're different. Like, I... Because people like to try and do that, and they're just like, like, like oh, black... Because people people do like to use that as a reason why you shouldn't go see Black Panther the That's movie. That's stupid. No, but, they're um, awesome. We, so it's a completely different su- subject, but I do feel like we could have an entire episode about the Black Panther Party. Yeah. And... Because people... I mean, I grew up thinking that the Black Panther Party was a bad thing. Oh, and they're not. They did a, a lot of wonderful things, too. A lot of good stuff. So, so if you're having a bad day, go watch some Adam Rippon interviews or go go watch Black Panther. Like, today, right now, if not sooner, go do it. I'm trying, Keegan. I'm going to see tomorrow. Madigan, right now. <laughs> I'm sorry! Well, thank you guys for sticking it out with us through this kind of, like, loopy, weirdo But don't you love episode. us this way? This is my best form. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. We love you so much. And... We encourage you... Rage on. Wait, to rage on. God damn Let's it. Let's try it one more time. And we encourage, encourage you, you to rage on. Boom. Bye. We'll get it eventually. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.